0: listening to the Novel Universe podcast, a monthly YA live podcast hosted by Dawn Abram and Elise Martinez, YA librarians from the Chicagoland area. Each episode features reviews and rants on new and upcoming YA books. We're here to help you navigate your TBR pile. What's good, what's bad, and everything in between. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books, and I'm Elise, the rejecter of romance. So turn up the volume, here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the Malvi Universe. Um, we are doing our September wrap up. I don't know why I don't prepare.
1: <laughs> I never I, was, I, I never know who's going to go first. Myself, like I think we say um within the first 5 seconds of our podcast every because we're both like uh what is today (laughs) oh no that's terrible (laughs) no it's fine all right we're gonna we're not gonna say um anymore we have no cold open today so we're gonna just jump right in and i'm gonna let dawn go first because she read probably twice the amount of
0: books that i did housekeeping before we start um we are currently reading the beautiful by renee Adier for read along with the universe we upload that every thursday in october and that book is fantastic guys that up today okay psych <laughs> all right so um i read a lot for september i did arc august which is a hashtag and so i think i read like nine books in august and most of them were september pubs because yeah there's I no kept
1: seeing that and then i was like i want to do it and then i was like
0: hey. it really forces you to like it, does. Do it so yeah, that's true good on that all right so my first review is uh dark dawn by jay this is the third book in the Nevernight series and I gave it four stars. I loved uh the second book which was God's Grave. That's my one of my favorite books of fantasies of all time. Um this third book my main problem wasn't the book it was me. I don't like who she ended up with I'm not going to say it's spoilers, just in case you haven't read the series. Dang, well, that um, kind of is a spoiler
1: for me. You don't know. Because it's not the person that I wanted because, well, maybe I guess. I don't know what you love. Yeah, you do. <laughs> There's a very clear setup from the
0: beginning. Hey, maybe I hate that person now. do Yeah, you don't okay. Know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that I really hated that. And also the whole crown of the moon thing it got convoluted and like it took me two weeks to read this book I was just like over it I wanted it to be over and I kind of wasn't paying enough attention as I was reading it so once again it was my fault for not paying too much attention I got confused frankly I, I I'm confused with the whole ending so if somebody wants to let me know what happened like I don't even know who's telling her story I think I know but that's how much I was just like yeah I'm kind of over this book that's so yeah but it's still a great series like totes pick it up I, you Google? go again yeah you go again yeah okay so oh uh, all right so let me talk about Kingdom of Souls by Rena Baron Rena Baron this apparently has gotten picked up as by Michael B Jordan to be a movie he should have chosen another book um <laughs> oops, I said um <laughs> this book is do I need to say what this is about? Yeah, just in case. Okay, so it is... What's great about it is North African fantasy, yay. Our main character... I forgot her name. Let me look it up while I talk about it. She is... Um, she doesn't have magic. See, She's 16. Her family, you know, they're witch doctors. Not her family. The whole world has, like... Some people have magic, some people don't. But she comes from... Uh, um a mother who is really high up in the king's council or the emperor's council her father is important and so she is basically destined to have magic but she doesn't and so she's worried meanwhile there are kidnappings going on by good lord a demon king so uh that's pretty much it like she has to oh that's not it she has to decide to uh, what's the word i'm looking for sacrifice part of her life to get magic so if you go to Demi King and be like I want magic he's gonna take some years off of your life so it's like the movie Time (laughs) what is that with
1: Justin Timberlake what yeah it was a really shitty movie it didn't do it's called what Time I think it's called wow I've never heard of that I'm gonna google it but that's literally the premise oh you use years of your life as like currency
0: okay Well, that's also another book that uses years of her life as currency. But anyway.
1: A common situation.
0: Yeah. Aura, let's call her Aura. Okay, so I gave this book a one star, and it is in the running for worst book of the year. It was almost 500 pages, and the biggest problem was the pacing. It's just a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of stuff, and a whole lot of nothing. Um, That's a huge problem. Um, I think Barron suffered from, I have so many ideas, I'm going to cram it into one book syndrome. And it was just so much going on in this book. There were witch doctors and gods and goddesses who would come out of nowhere in different chapters and start talking. You don't know, are there two of them talking? Are they talking to themselves? I don't know. Hmm. And then there's the mom who's also mean, but then she has her whole backstory jam. And you're like, okay, but she's not a very good villain. And then she's got a boyfriend who is the son of somebody high up in the Emperor and he's a wet blanket and then there are some other friends who actually who don't contribute anything to the plot until the end of the book which is who cares and then there's a whole other thing that happens I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler but this person is another villain and she's awful and then that ending was just like what I, the ending is it's like, you know, those endings where it's like, it's all a dream. Oh, no. It's not that, but it's in that neighborhood. Yes. It's in that neighborhood. So, run away, guys. I would say, you know, read Children of Blood and Bone again, or um, Tony Onyebuchi, can't remember the name of his books, but um, it's a guy. He His books are set in Africa, and they're fantasy. Like, I just wouldn't recommend it. I recommend you buying it for representation, but reading it... Not for book clubs, no. not for programming, etc. No. Yeah. I wouldn't even read it for enjoyment. Reading lists,
1: maybe a teen will like it. Yeah. Alrighty. I will go. That can't be great. Okay. <laughs> so September was supposed to be a full month for me, but one of the books that I read got moved to be published in October. So we will talk about that next podcast. That was The Grace Year by Kim Laguette. We have a lot of opinions about that. I was supposed to read Slay by Brittany Morris, but I did not end up getting around to it, which is kind of a mistake because it's a really short... It's not really short, but it's a shortish book. Oh, you could have breezed through that. I really could have. Um, I am currently still in the middle of Serpent and Dove by Shelby Mahurin. I do have to plug this book because there's there's some confusion as to whether it's in fact YA or not. Um, and I don't know if the verdict has been decided on I that book. I think it's YA. The author has said it's okay. YA. Yeah, If the author says it's YA, then it's YA. Um, but this book is really well written and it, it like has really interesting plot. The characters are great. This, so we're reading The the Beautiful right now by Renée Adier and that book is how to incorrectly write tension and Serpent and Dove is how to correctly write tension.
0: Okay.
1: So I'm, there's this like crazy juxtaposition between these two books that I'm reading right now, but I never ended up finishing Serpent and Dove because... Somehow I thought it was an October pub as well. That was on me. So I guess I'll jump right into There Will Come a Darkness. (laughs) But I won't say too much about it because uh, you can go back and listen to our episodes of Read Along with the Universe. We did this throughout the month of September. My prediction was that I was going to give it a 4.25. I think I ended up giving it more like a 4.5, 4.75 because I'm going to get crazy with the decimals because you do. Um... This one just had a lot of good characters that added up really well into this plot. There was a good fantasy. I'm sorry. There was a good prophecy in this fantasy, and I'm really excited for the sequel. Should we jump into His Hideous Heart? Sure. All right. We both read that. It's called His Hideous Heart, 13 of Edgar Allan Poe's Most Unsettling Tales, Reimagined. I don't remember who the editor of this book is. Daria? Dahlia? Dahlia? My Goodreads is not letting me log in, so I'm going to let you deal with that. But, um... My prediction was a 3.75 for this one. I don't typically enjoy reading anthology books, which is strange because I enjoy reading anthology books. I don't enjoy reading YA anthology books. They're usually tepid. Tepid? Tepid?
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to say don't tepid. I don't think it's tepid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tepid. Um, And this one was kind of, this one wrote a fine line between being, some of the stories were like, what the hell did I just read? And some of them were a little bit stronger. Um, Originally, I remember writing that I was going to be excited for Rin Chupeco's The Murder in the Rue Morgue and Tiffany D. Jackson's The Cask of Amontillado, but I wasn't. I ended up not liking Tiffany D. Jackson's, which was unfortunate. Surprisingly, I really liked Who Did the Pit in the Pendulum? Caleb Roerig. Yeah, I liked that one. Um, the ending was a little bit, mm, but the process of getting there was enjoyable. I don't so think I finished that one. Was that the? That was the one where. Um, the, the The Murder the in the heist? Basement. Wait, no. The now Murder in the Basement. The Murder in the Basement was the Cask of Amontillado. Yeah, I'm getting those mixed up. I don't remember what his was, but I liked it. <laughs> you're calling me out now I, can't, good now I job. can't remember I read this a month ago guys but I would recommend this as like a nice addition to your collection in terms of connecting y a to books and stories that teens are probably reading in schools and you know there's a good mixture of some some interesting stories and reimaginings in this uh in this
0: anthology yeah I liked stephanie coon's the best the telltale heart um i and i'm not shocked i mean she writes pretty weird twisted books dark ya and i'm glad they gave her this one because it's probably most people's favorites yeah egre allen poe's stories uh so yeah there was another one that was good what was the one we liked tess Grattan, i think annabelle (gasps) lee oh
1: yeah annabelle lee's was interesting i forgot about that one um I was not familiar with the original story, so I had to go to Wikipedia and, like, get the plot synopsis. But I loved the LGBTQ spin on this story. That was really interesting. Um, And just the, like, the guilt that she goes into, it really built a lot of tension. And, like, placing it by the seaside, because I think that's part Mm -hmm. of the story. But, yeah, it was very atmospheric. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I gave this one a three and a half as well. And I don't usually do anthologies because right. I usually dislike the majority of them, which is what happened here. Um, but it wasn't bad. You disliked I mean, the majority of these? I didn't read oh, all of them. Okay. Um, I didn't hate any of them. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that
1: first one was just yeah, out was, of control. Yeah, that one wasn't good. That one was not good. I I was reading The arc originally when I started that one. I was like... Did I miss a
0: page? Because it literally just ended. Yeah. It was gross. That was weird. It wasn't good. Uh, I skipped the authors that I didn't like, so there are a couple of authors okay. that I don't like, so I didn't read theirs. Um, but the good thing about this book is that it does have Edgar Allan Poe's original works yeah. in the back. So, you know, some you might have to reference, because I had to go back and read some of them and introduce some teens to Edgar Allan Poe in the process. So cool. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> My turn? Yeah. All right. The next book I read that I did not TBR. So the only book that I mentioned in our, what is month is this? September TBR mm-hmm. was, I was supposed to do this Poe book, um, Deathless Girls and Bone Houses. I didn't read Bone Houses or Deathless Girls because I went on Goodreads and The ratings were great. Yeah, and I read a bad book, which I'll talk about next month, and it put me in a reading slump for a whole week, and I just couldn't do that to myself again. So I was like, let me read books that I know are going to be pretty okay. Um, These next ones I'm going to talk about are not very good, but I read these back in August, so that doesn't count. All right. Actually, I read this in, like, May, maybe. The Tenth Girl by Sarah Faring. I gave this a a two-and-a-half, which is unfortunate because it had potential – I don't think Sarah Faring is a bad writer. I think her writing style is pretty good. It is atmospheric. She does seem to have some original concepts going on. But her pacing and her execution were problematic. Mm. And, um, okay, so the pacing was, once again, a huge issue. This book is almost 500 pages. It is huge. And it's too slow. She doesn't. It's a mystery, kind of. Yeah, it's a mystery because they're looking for the tenth girl. Do I need to say what this book is about? I always say this. Just to do you. like
1: a two line, <laughs> just
0: in case there are people listening who okay. like you know they're trying to figure out what they're reading. Always they ask read. you that. Okay, so it's about a young woman. I can never remember these people's names. I don't know why I don't write them down. She is running from the government. The government has killed her mother. Her mother was a rebel, and so she is in, I believe, Argentina at this mysterious school high up it's like cold there because you mm-hmm. said it gets cold mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so she's kind of hiding out and there are only 10 girls who attend this school this private school but the 10th girl has not shown up and so there's this mystery as to where's the 10th girl it's kind of a ghost story so our main character is one pov and then we have a ghost that's another pov um the ghost name is angel And I did not realize the angel was a boy until about 50% into the book, which is a problem. I thought it was a girl the entire time. Um, But yeah, so it's really long and it is a mystery. But the author doesn't give you any clues or help you along to try and solve the mystery yourself or the characters are not interesting enough to kind of you know fill in the long pages and which is unfortunate because she had a really good character in Dom his name is Dom he is the owner of the school's son and just to set up this character our main character she gets to this island she doesn't know anything or anybody she's it's this huge house this huge manor she bangs on the door no one's answering it's cold she's like okay no one's answering what am i supposed to do so she just kind of sits on the steps and meanwhile he's like way up high in a window and he spits on her so this is an indication of how disgusting this person is but she doesn't develop him at all basically angel the ghost inhabits his body and befriends her so she's thinking it's really him and he's changed and he's a nice person but she totally missed her opportunity to develop this original character which was unfortunate and so Mm -hmm yeah and so the ending is kind of like you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it and judging by the 3.31 rating on Goodreads I think most people did not like the ending so the ending is what's going to decide if you like the book or not mm-hmm. I didn't clearly like the ending and clearly
1: many other people agreed with you on they that did one. not um, I only have one more book so if you want to keep going okay <laughs> this is the Dawn show
0: <laughs> we were saying that earlier <laughs> Alright, Frankly in Love by David Yoon. I so I originally gave this a two and a half, but yesterday I bumped it up to a three begrudgingly. Um if you're wondering how I rate books, so like with Shadow of Souls, if or Kingdom of Souls, if I don't like any part of the book, like if I don't enjoy any thing of the book, I'm gonna give it a one. So Kingdom of Souls, I didn't even enjoy the first ten one? pages. Yeah, I didn't enjoy and page one of that like book.
1: that's usually like the honeymoon phase of a book yeah. where it's like, this is great. The plot's being set up. I'm yeah.
0: excited. Yikes. That's how I felt about the 10th girl. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. the first quarter of the book was fine. And then it starts to go too slow. Mm-hmm. So that's why I gave it a two and a half. Frankly in love. He tried something. Um, I enjoyed the first quarter of the book, but I liked the, um, the diversity. It's, it's about a Korean boy. I don't know any Koreans. I am not Korean. So, you know, I learned something new, which is great. So that's why it's kind of higher. Um, but the main reason this book is not great. Well, there's a couple reasons, but one of them is the main character. He's not a good main character at all. Um, he. I was, I was about to ask you, do I need to say what this book is about? Girl? <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> do I need to say what this is what Everyone knows. Okay, so Frank. He is a Korean American. His parents are immigrants and they are they are like immersed in the Korean culture and they want him to date only a Korean girl. They disowned his sister for dating a black guy and he is worried because he is he's starting to like this Jewish girl. And to kind of fake date her, he friends his his Korean friend Joy. They pretend to date so she can date a Chinese boy and he can date a Jewish girl. But then of course they fall in love. I mean, you can see that coming, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay, there you go. Okay, Frank. He's the main character. He's not a good character at all. Him and his friends are—they're in um, AP classes, so they call themselves the APs. They're very smart. Oh my god. Co- a little bit pretentious. No AP student would do that. Well, they do. Yikes. And they call smartphones fart phones because they're just—they're just cool like that. I don't know. They're. That's what they do. And um which is a little pretentious, but it's a couple things. What I didn't like about that is like if you are going to call out people for being on their smartphone, then you best be doing something with your life. No, they play Dungeons and Dragons and video <laughs> games and sit at the mall on a wall and talk about bullshit. Like they're not they're not saving the world. Anyway, um Frank, he's he doesn't seem to have much of a personality and all he does is tell these little sex jokes and they're just crass so one of them was oh, you wrote um that or wrote down, you scared the poop out of my butthole Ew. is this funny <laughs> no. don't and it was uh, that's the majority of the way this guy talked and there was a goodread reviewer who mentioned another one and it was something like we filled the space with fake masturbation side, hand signs. I, it was ridiculous. At least that is how they spoke. And I'm like, do 17 year old boys talk like this? I'm. I don't know if yeah, David the knows du- the
1: douchebags. The but douche they're bags 80s. That you wore. right, right. So something isn't adding yeah, up here. It's
0: not. Oh and God. then his
1: like, best friend, I knew boys, I knew guys like that, but they are now drug addicts who do not have a life like this is not the kind of character he's setting up
0: yeah and his best friend his best friend he's known forever he has a sister a twin sister and she is referred to as hot ass Yvonne all the time hot ass Yvonne hot ass Yvonne all right if you're supposed to be woke then you don't cheat women like like shit or even if it's in your own head like, I get that boys are, you know... Referring to them once like that is maybe like, okay, whatever. This is
1: just the sarcastic conversation they're having. But, like, literally every time is not okay. That's not
0: okay. Damn. That's not okay. Uh, So... What's the context? That? She walks in the room. Hot-ass Yvonne. She That's says... That's how the
1: author writes about her presence?
0: Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah. Join me. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's not a great character. And as I was looking through the comments on Goodreads, that's everybody's complaint. He is an awful character, and we're with him the whole time. So we have no choice but to oh, wow. sit through this.
1: This is the main character? This is the main character. Oh,
0: shit. Frank. Okay. Um, so David Yoon is being described as the next John Green. <laughs> no. Negatory. I like John Green a lot. I've read all his books. and I don't like John Green, but John Green would not do no, that. No, he wouldn't. I can see him trying with the ensemble cast and the he does kind of have a manic pixie dream girl but it's intentional I believe the the girl the Jewish girl he likes is a bit manic pixie dream girl where Joy is not uh, his Korean fake girlfriend. Um, but John Green has like great secondary characters and layered writing. It, he often makes the reader think about life and love and mortality. He does none of that. He, it, so his, Nicola Yoon is a far better author than this man. And I don't understand how she let him publish this. <laughs> like, Did you let your wife read this book? Um, okay, so I, I think that he had some missed opportunities. So one thing he does interesting in the book is that his parents own a, I think it's a liquor store but they own it in a, a brown neighborhood. So there's a lot of Hispanics and black people in the neighborhood and his parents are racist. Not only are they racist against non like brown people cause you know, ironically his sister is married to a black man but they're also racist against other Asians which I didn't know. So that was very interesting. Um, I know you've mentioned that mm-hmm. um, not all Asians, you know, they don't get along the reason but, the reason i mentioned that cuz i i'm also
1: not korean or anything but i i grew up going to a korean church for about 8 years and i remember hearing often there was a, a friend of ours at the church who was dating a japanese girl and it was a big problem for his korean parents and like just you're not really aware that that mm-hmm. cuz i'm white so i you know, I'm not really aware that think about some that. Asians don't like the other Asian group. And, yeah, and you know, th- that was
0: something that was a new revelation to me. So, yeah, that's yeah. why I mean, we were discussing I mean, as that. a black person, African-Americans don't hate on Jamaicans or Dominicans, which is kind of mixed, mm-hmm. or British, British, Af- I don't know how they say Like, Sure. You know, so it was just, like, like, eye-opening. I was like, oh, wow, okay. So that was good. But so he calls his parents out on his race, on their racism great I think they that's kind a of, very
1: unexplored topic yeah NBA. yeah
0: I think they kind of come full circle it's not major but it's fine like he didn't do anything unrealistic of like oh Hannah which is the sister we're we're all made up and everything no it was none of that which is good you're not that's not realistic but one thing I wanted to say was that he, like I said, his father owns a store in this brown neighborhood, and this is actually in a, I won't say a big issue, but it is an issue in the black community that Asian people have their stores in black and brown neighborhoods. They exploit them, but then they follow you around the store. They don't trust you. They treat you differently than anybody else. In the town I live in, there is a hair care shop that is owned by, I don't know, I don't know if they're Asian. I don't know. I don't know what they are. They're Asian. I don't know if they're Korean or Chinese or whatever. But this is Mm. a huge thing and a huge source of tension between Asians and black people. None of that is explored. And that's never mentioned in YA. And it didn't have to be a huge thing, but he could have talked a little bit more about it. Seeing his wife is black and he could have, you know, had a little bit of insight. And I'm pretty sure she grew up where there were Korean and uh, Chinese owned stores in the black neighborhoods. I just felt that that was a missed opportunity. Um, and one other thing I'll talk about, which is another missed opportunity, and we've talked about this before in, what was Tahara Mafi's book? All, All the, the Sea Between the, Us. Uh,
1: a very large, expansive sea.
0: Yeah. So in that book, she she wears her hijab, and when people come up and ask her about it, she just, like, she has a bad attitude. and Not just a
1: bad attitude. She shuts down any attempt at uh, someone's... Attempts to learn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he does this too. And it's the author that's doing it. It's not Frank because, you know, David Yoon is writing the book. Mm -hmm. So at one point, Frank and his uh, Jewish girlfriend, her parents take him to a Korean barbecue place because they don't know any Koreans. They don't know anything about him. And that's their way of getting to know him. And the whole time, he's just hemming and hawing it. I don't know what if all this stuff is just because I'm Korean, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But, you know, they didn't mean anything by it. It wasn't intentionally rude they just didn't know how to talk to you about your culture so they figured oh korean barbecue let's go here and i don't like it when authors portray teens like that because as a black person who has braided hair People like to touch my hair and ask me if they want to touch my hair. My hair is natural when it's down. It is an afro. People want to look at it and touch it. And and as a black person, I don't say, ew, no, get away from me. It's just curiosity. They're just curious. You want to touch it? Fine. You're going to get product in your hand. I let them know. You might get some product in your hand because I have a lot in there. I have dry ass hair. But, you know, don't, don't tell teens who are diverse to like shut people down because then as the white person reading the book they're like well I can't ask questions they're they're going to be mad at me you know don't just don't do that I don't like that at all and that's all I'll say about that book mm-hmm. but it was yeah. just oh that one more thing it was kind of and I call this emotional warfare it was like <sighs> he was like I feel like he was intentionally trying to make you cry kind of like because you know like The Fault in Our Stars is just an awfully depressing book and I feel like he was really trying to get the reader to go there and it was pretty obvious it didn't like that so when that second thing happened I was like I'm done and I gave up at like 75% I was over it so it wasn't horrible great Korean representation we got to go to a Korean wedding and a Korean festival and we learned you know about some Korean culture that's great Definitely put it on your shelf, but if you're looking for an enjoyment, oh, um, this was it. Just go read John Greenstack's book. <laughs> or read Nicola's books. She's way better. Wow. All Do
1: right. you want to talk about
0: guts? Yeah, just briefly. Let's talk about guts. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, our
1: last book.
0: Not mine. Oh. I have one more. Okay, well, we one can talk about Guts and then you can finish up with okay. your book.
1: Um, Raina Tag- Talgemeier's next YA graphic novel came out in September. Obviously, it's called Guts. And this book was really a personal read for me. I'll say what it was about, just in case you haven't heard of it <laughs> and or don't read it. Some people really don't, like, read graphic novels or, you know, whatever. Um, this was a autobiographical book about her... Discovering that she has anxiety and, um, you know, panic attacks and certain fears and phobias that she uh, began to realize she had as a young teen and how she copes with it and deals with it. And I liked that this book portrays that process of discovery so well. And I was reading our reviews back when Goodreads was letting me log in and you made a good point that this book is a fantastic conversation starter because a lot of teens and kids especially suffer in silence and so for me that was exactly like this was a personal read because i could personally identify with what was happening in this book because that was basically my preteen years um but i liked that like her trying to reconcile this this very frightening new experience with your health where you just feel like your body is failing you and you already feel like that as a yeah. normal teen you're going through puberty your body's changing you're becoming aware of your peers in a very drastic way and that was a major source of anxiety for reyna because she would constant, you know around this age you have to do a lot of presentations in front of the class and i was like oh, oh my yeah. god this This was me when I was, like, 11 and 10 and 11 and, like, 12. Um, And I particularly liked the artwork in this story because I feel like she uses the frames in a different way than I remember reading in, like, Drama and Sisters and Smile. Um, A lot of times she'll take the page and instead of doing, like, panels... And frames within those panels she would use the entire page to really emphasize her emotional state during that experience and i loved that i felt like that added a lot of drama and tension to the story where there already is just mm-hmm. by the very nature of what's happening in this book um but this i think is my favorite book by her other than the one about the two sisters and the dia de los muertos oh ghosts. The, the most recent ghost thank you these two are my favorite. Um and yeah, she just like like the way she uses text differently than I yeah. remember seeing her before and the cor- sort of like sickly green, just her colors and her her framing and paneling is very intentional in the story. I felt like this took her this took a lot for her to produce in terms of like going back and dredging up that kind of frankly that like trauma from your childhood. Yeah. So I think I predicted that I was going to give this, like, four. Did we predict this book or did no. we not talk about it? Okay. We talk about it. Yeah, this was an honorable mention, but I'm going to bring it up because I didn't basically read any of my other books.
0: <laughs> so had to yeah. have something. I like this, too. I think, I mean, I didn't have as many, like, anxiety or anything as you did, but, like, there there were things, like, I, I was scared to vomit. I had this thing where I would get sick all the time, and so now I have, like, this fear of vomiting, um and there is a word for it I can't remember what it is but she goes like yeah this page and this page like hit me so bad it was like she's scared of vomit scared of doctors scared of surgery Mm -hmm. bad grades choking bad at math stupidity death drowning my parents are gonna die like yeah and these are like all these things that kids are thinking about all the time it's stressful so it is a great conversation starter and for kids to be like I'm not by myself here um and we have read these books with, um, we've read Raina Telgemeier's books with high schoolers, like seniors in high school. And her books are always geared towards middle school. Um, but they love her books, too. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to, like, give this to a high schooler, uh, even a senior in high school, because yeah, they always find something that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. All right. I gave it a four. It was good. Mm-hmm. All right, I read Slay by Brittany Morris. I was gonna call her Brittany Murphy. I can't yeah. do that. That is an actress that has long passed away. I gave this a 3.75. I really, really, really wanted to like this book more than I did. Um, okay, so this is about, it's her name, Kiara. I think her name is Kira She is 17 and she has a app. She owns, she created an app with another girl where it is a kind of like Pokemon. It's like a card game, but it is based on black culture. And she started it because she was an online gamer. And this is something I also didn't know, that there's a lot of racism in online gaming. Um, Actually, when Devon came in here and he was mentioning it, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't, and I had just finished that book. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was a thing. I'm not an online gamer. Mm-hmm. So because she was experiencing all this racism and online gaming, she she decided to create her own game but you have to be black to play the game. So uh, somebody dies because of the game. And then people are like, Oh my god, this game is racist. Um, It doesn't let anybody else in and then she starts to get sued. And then so it kind of like spirals for her. The issues I had with the book, there weren't very many. Um, Her boyfriend, Malcolm, I think he was a missed opportunity to be better. Because He is a new, he was a new character in YA as the angry black man. You've never really met the angry black man in YA and the angry black man is a black man who blames the white man for everything. He is a conspiracy theorist. Everybody is against him. Um, His life is crap because of what everybody else has done to him. Um, so... I wish there was more of that to him. She didn't go into why this 17-year-old is so angry. He's only 17. What has happened in your life that has made you so angry? So she doesn't really go into that. Hmm. She uses it to manipulate uh, Kiara, which is his girlfriend, the main character. And he's like, you shouldn't be playing video games. You're a strong black woman. You should be studying video games, rotting your brain, and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of how he like, controls her. But little does he know, she created the game. And she hasn't told anybody, by the way. Just, yeah, um, no one knows, but her and her co-creator. So that was a missed opportunity. I wish she had gone into him more. And then there were these little vignettes of people who play the game and how it's, like, affected their life. And That's I know cool. what she was going for, but it just took you out of the story. And it didn't really, some of them came full circle, but the majority of them was just like, I wish she could have weaved that better into the story instead of, like, totally taking you out of the story. Hmm. And my biggest issue was this girl owns a company. Thousands of people play this app. She is getting sued for racial discrimination and she doesn't tell her parents. Her parents are very smart, rational people. She tries to find a lawyer on her own. She is getting all this bad press in the news and she doesn't She's how tell her 17.
1: I feel like you would have to
0: You would have to doesn't tell her parents. That is not realistic. Mm. When you're a teenager, your parents are always around. You cannot escape it. They are your life. You have to tell them when you are being sued for (laughs) racial discrimination. That really bothered me. So much. So that I lowered my rating. She does eventually, but it's like way at the end. Mm. But otherwise, I liked her. Her sister was really great her her co-creator which once again I wish she had gone into it more she was biracial or she was French and I would have liked to know what's it, what it's like to be black in France she doesn't really go into that she does a little bit but not enough um, I like the video game um, I like the main character I like the story it wasn't predictable it was interesting it was very well paced uh, it was enjoyable throughout the whole thing I just wish like I said Malcolm had been better um but yeah, so I, I definitely recommend it. It's a it was it was a good book. It could have been better, but it was a good book. I'd read something else by her again. And then I have like a couple of I'm gonna call it 10-second reviews where it's just like really quick. And you can follow me on Goodreads, um Bang Bang Books, I believe. Is it Bang Bang Book Blog? Girl, I, I never know. know. I do not know. It's always something <laughs> different. It's Bang Bang Books. And I do update my Goodreads quite often. So uh, Dear Haiti, love Elaine by Mariki and Maritza Moulit. I gave that a three. The problem with that was the pacing. And once again, she suffered from too much stuff going on to focus on the good stuff. I read Pet by Akweke Imezi. This is an NBA shortlist. I gave this a three because, first of all, it's not YA. It's middle grade. There's no way this is YA. It's way underdeveloped. The world is incredibly underdeveloped. Mm. The pacing is too slow in some paces, in places and too fast in some places, and the ending was just too wrapped up in a pretty bow. Uh, but the good thing about that book is, well, I don't want to say because people have been saying it, but its I feel like it's a spoiler. I think you should kind of discover stuff on your own and not know what's happening going in, even though it's not important to the plot. I'm not going to say. I, too, think it's a worth a read, but I don't think it's going to win the NBA. I think that Patriot Saints of Nothing is going to win that one. Hopefully. Hopefully. Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex Harrow. I give that a three. Her writing is beautiful, but she took way too long to get that story going. And if you're writing a time travel book, I need to see some time traveling and not seventy percent into the book. That's that's not good. No. <laughs> Treason of Thorns by Laura Weymouth. That was another one. Dear God. Run that away. Book was crazy. Run away. That is also nominated for worst of the year. That writing was all over the place. Dude i remember nothing about it it was so bad. i just remember she said the word burley, the name of the house for like
1: every every, every page every
0: page yeah. sometimes twice a page
1: it yeah, was it had, ridiculous like, she had to like fondle the house and it was very strange but she didn't, fa-
0: but Dude, she didn't okay. have to like petty. so i
1: i i do blackout poetry and i chose this book because we had two copies on our shelf so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna take this to use it for blackout poetry and obviously, as the process goes, you have to read the entire page to see which words or phrases or whatever stand out to you. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening in this book? There is touching, and there's like, oh, house, I'll never leave you. And then there's this like, the, the tension was out of control in that it wasn't tension. It was just like stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I was like, holy crap. And it's like, since it's out of context, it seems even more ridiculous. Oh, my God. So I was laughing so hard that you actually like,
0: read this entire <laughs> It book had a great book. cover. It did it was, have a good cover. It's, it's, it's falling under the beautiful syndrome where it's so bad. You just got to keep going, man. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. So bad it's laughable. Yikes. Yeah. So that was all of my books that I read in September. Or for September. I didn't read it in September. You blasted through shit. I really did. I'm proud of myself because lately I haven't been reading anything. Well, this was a doozy of a month for
1: me in that I didn't read (laughs) half of my selections. Are you on track for this month? I think I'm on track for October, yeah. Um, I'll have an extra one because the grace year was originally September. So I finished that early thinking that it was a September pub. Mm -hmm. But then It was originally. Just kidding. It was Mm -hmm. September 29th or whatever that last week was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to be all right.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and we will catch you in the next podcast.